three, we're going to talk about what happens when we die. And uh, I've just given a title, tentative title to this, uh, this talk today of Lie to Me, three, four, five. Lie to Me, three, four, five. I invite your prayers as you petition God's throne. Father God, we're just thankful that you love us, that your love is unconditional, your love is real. Your love, in fact, the psalmist says, is better than life itself. You make life worth living because you love us. And we look forward, Father, to spending an eternity with the one who has loved us from eternity. Say something to us today, Lord. Speak to us. Speak your word to us, over us, so that your word sticks and quickens us on the path that leads to life and righteousness. Bless this preacher, God. Have mercy. You know I'm not worthy to stand before your people. I'm not worthy to stand and, and, and even invoke your name, God, but because you are good <laughs> and your mercies endure forever, here I am. Lord, use me to bless your people. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. Uh, what happens? When we die, I, I don't know if you all know, but uh, in in my 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 uh, ministry calling, that assignment that God currently has me on during the week when you don't see me, uh, I deal with a lot of death. I'm, I'm a hospice chaplain, uh, so I, almost every day. A patient, a patient is dying and having to deal with the, the crises that arise for a patient and family, crises of, of faith, crises of being, crises of just dealing with the fact, you know, I'm dying. And I don't know if I'm ready for this. Well, I want to say to you, that some of us have been there, family members, loved ones die, dying. I want to say to you that even in death, there is a word from the Lord. Amen. Uh, and it goes back to our origins of what happens to us when we die. So can I get that next slide, please? So... In the beginning, let's read this together. Genesis 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Okay, now, you know what? I, I'm, I'm a little older now. And uh, I found, I found uh, something interesting that, that, that uh, as I'm aging a little bit, 
that my attention span, uh, yes, my wife is nodding at me, <laughs> my attention span is impacted so that I'm not as attentive at times like I should be. So you know what? When I read this, I find myself having to reread again so that I don't miss everything that's there of what God has to say to us. He formed us how? Out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the what? The breath of life. And man did what? Became. Became a living soul. So just looking at this, when God made us, we didn't have a soul. We were a soul. We are souls. Okay. So you have a human body that God formed, and he literally supplied the oxygen. He, with his own mouth, I can picture this, breathed into our nostrils the breath of life, oxygen. Human body plus oxygen equals a soul, a living soul. The human body, without the oxygen, without the breath of life, is not a soul. Okay? But we're going to go on. Human existence is not possible without the breath of life. Which speaks to an even larger truth that life has conditions. Has what, everybody? Life has conditions, and God sets the conditions for life. The life giver sets the terms and conditions for life and for eternal life. So we're not here just as independent atoms uh, to just do whatsoever we want to do, although God gives us that choice. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about, about that. But God, the life giver, has given us conditions for living. Now, conditions are not a bad thing. Conditions are a good thing. Amen. Because we were made a certain way. We, we have to exist under certain conditions. We're, we're in a, a, uh, a reasonably comfortable room. It may be a little chilly for some. It may not be back here. It's not, it's, not, it's not cold enough for him. But we're kind of in the range of where we're comfortable, right? We can function. We're not freezing and we're not burning up. Unless you're doing that flashy thing <laughs> that I, I'm not and I am not singling out the ladies because let me tell you something. I have been in settings where I'm like, am I having a hot flash? Uh, but it's nothing like what y'all have though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We conditions. Conditions are a good thing. And God who made us knows the best conditions under which we can live and function. 
He wants us to operate in conditions because those conditions he has set are conditions for life. To facilitate the ideal settings, the ideal temperature and environment and all of that stuff that matters for us to be at our very best and function at our peak. Amen. Thank God for God who, ha who has set the conditions for our living and he sets conditions for us to have life and life more abundantly. Amen. All right. So God gave us everything has given us everything that we need in order to not just exist, but to live and to thrive. Now, when he placed the, 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 the man and the woman in the garden, uh, he, he, he had a word to speak about these conditions. So let's, let's take a look at that, Genesis 2, verse 15 through 17. Let's read together. Then the Lord God took the man, and put him in the Garden of Eden. Hold stop right there. I'm glad God put him in the garden. I, you know what? I'm a country boy. I, I've come to this realization because I love the outdoors. And, you know, and for a season, which I, I, I hope to get back to um, soon sometime, for a season I was a gardener. It was my, my, I was, you know, one of these old schools, and, and uh, my job was to manage the student garden plot. But it wasn't just a little garden, y'all. It was about almost two acres. <laughs> yeah, and we grew, we grew, man, it was farming. Yeah, real farming. Um, we grew stuff organically. We grew potatoes, tomatoes, lots of tomatoes, lots of potatoes, onions, the sweetest hybrid silver queen corn you ever sunk your teeth into. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, and onions. Yeah, the onions didn't work out too well. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 some other, and some other stuff. But I love that. And, and I, could, I could resonate with what God was doing when he put Adam and Eve in this beautiful garden home. And he put them there to, to, to tend and to keep it conditions now. Conditions, ideal conditions. And the Lord God did what? Commanded the man, keep on reading with me, saying of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay, still on these conditions. The condition that God is giving to, 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 to man, go back one, please, to, 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 to exist and live and thrive is obedience. Any tree of the garden, every tree of the garden, you can freely eat from those. But that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, let me tell you that the tree was not poisonous. It was not a poison tree. All right? 
Um, it was simply a tree that God said, out of all these trees you can eat except this one. He, could, he couldn't pick any tree, but he picked one tree. And the one tree was in the middle of the garden. All right? So what's God doing? Why would he put a tree in the garden of all these beautiful trees that are, that are good for food and good to eat? Why would he put one tree in there that they could do absolutely nothing with? God, the author of life, sets the conditions by which we live and move and have our being. Our whole life is conditioned upon this thing that we listen to and hear and obey God's word, which is the truth. Romans 10, 17. You on the next, next slide, please? Romans 10, 17. Read, read with me. So then faith, read with me. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So God's not talking just to be talking. He is talking because he's speaking the words of life. But in order for the words of life to profit us, we must hear with the hearing of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Okay? The trees that surrounded that garden, all of them, you know what? They all had the same fruit. You know what the fruit was? On all those trees, the same fruit? The fruit was the word of God. Especially the tree of life. Oh, don't take my word for it. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I want you to understand something. You know, God, God, God's been really dealing with me uh, and, 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 and talking to me and, and, and showing me some things. He says, you know, friend, I have set before you and all of my children, I've set before you a banqueting table, a buffet. At one end of the buffet, you have Genesis. And, and that's the appetizer. Then, you know, then you've got Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. You have, you have, you have those, those, uh, those, those uh, you know, just something just to give you a little taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Then you work your way up to around Judges and Joshua and, 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 uh, and first and second Samuel, and, and that the, you, you're really working your way towards, uh, towards, uh, towards the main course. So you get all the way down to Revelation. Revelation is the dessert. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. God's word uh, is the life instruction, instruction manual. It gives us the conditions, but it also gives us something even better than conditions. It gives us the promises of God by which we can live under those conditions. Every word of God is yea and amen. And what God wants us to get in the habit of doing is eating every day eating to our fill of the words of life so that we can have life and life more abundantly. Is that all right? Okay. Now, 
God's word is truth. But in order to live by the truth of God, it requires something from us. It requires the volitional surrender of our will. Yes, there is something we have to give up to God. But what we give up pales in comparison to what he has given us. Right? But we must surrender voluntarily our will to do the will of God. The presence of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil indicates that God wants us to freely choose him. See, he had to put something in the garden that would give us options. Options to what? Options to listening to God. See, without that tree, it's, it's, it's amazing how this works. Without that tree, we didn't have a choice. God, if, if he left that one tree out, when God said, of all these trees, you may freely eat, somebody guaranteed one of Adam's children would have come along and said, God, how come we got all these trees to eat from? We don't have, like, something else. You know, like, 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 uh, like my son, ooh, love my son. He come home from school hangry. <laughs> Not hungry, angry, because he's hungry. And angry until he eat. So, fridge is full of food now. Dad, now you don't call Grammy, don't call his mom, he calls me. We got nothing to eat. I said, wait, wait. See this right here? See that? See this? See that? See that? I don't want to eat it. <laughs> but you're not hungry. But I am hungry. I was like, hold on, here we go. Options. Options. So we can't appreciate, we can't appreciate Good choices, unless there are other choices, yeah, to, 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 to help us understand that what we've got is a good thing, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You know, faith is built on trust, right? We have to be able to trust God. And what God was doing, not only was he giving Giving, uh, giving man in the beginning, giving us choice. He was also giving us the, 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 uh, the, the ability to grow in relationship with him, a relationship of love and trust. How many of us know that love doesn't function very, very well without trust? And that trust doesn't function hardly at all without love. We've got to have both, all right, so that that tree it's, it's amazing how the presence of evil actually was a good thing in the garden. It's amazing to me how the presence of evil in our lives is a good thing. Because of all the choices that you and I can make, if, if we could only make good choices, we wouldn't know how to love. 
Because the only thing that 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 really strengthens us uh, is 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 to is to is to have the option, have the power to make a uh, a, a not good choice, but not making that choice so that you become stronger in the good choices that you make. Does that make sense to somebody? Yeah. I hope so. Okay. All right. Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, without freedom, I've got to say this real quick. Without freedom, there can be no real love. We have to have freedom of choice. Without real love, there is no life worthy of the name. Okay? So God is so interested in us in making positive and right choices for the right reasons that he fully informs us of our options while at the same time helping us understand that our choices have consequences. Somebody say consequences. Our choices have consequences. So the, cho- the consequence of a bad choice is what? A bad outcome, right? Okay. Um, does the bad outcome always feel bad? No. No. Uh-uh. Sometimes start telling on myself. Sometimes those bad choices feel good. Real good. In the moment, good. But on down the road, understand that payday is coming. You know, people like to say karma and the world, we, we, we believe in the spiritual laws here. What you I knew somebody was going to say reap. What you sow, you shall reap. Okay. All right. But, you know, the, the, the amazing thing about God's love, amazing thing about God's love is this, is that God, although he gives us choice and he understands and knows that we're going to make bad choices sometimes, he loves us so much he's not going to take away the choice, but he wants to do all that he can, as much as he can, to keep us from making the wrong choice. That's what his word is for. That's why we got word trees all over the place. That's why we got a banqueting table, Genesis Revelation, to help us make the right life choices. Okay, here we go. So now, you know what the greatest condition and enjoyment of life is? The greatest condition and enjoyment of life, the highest possible level of happiness and fulfillment and prosperity in this life is this one thing. And if everybody had this one thing, we wouldn't have any sad, depressed folk ever. Just this one thing. You know what it is? You don't know what it is because I haven't told you. This one thing. The greatest condition and enjoyment of life comes from an intimate relationship with the most high God. Unbroken communion with with, with God. You know, because God is our our life whisperer. 
our life whisperer. You know, people talk about, you know, well, there's, you know, this guy's a horse whisperer or he's a dog whisperer. He knows how to talk to the animals. You know, they respond to him. Well, God knows how to talk to us. And, and he's always talking the language of love and talking the language of this is for your best enjoyment, for your best success, for you, so you can live your best life. How many people in there want to live their best life? Amen. Amen? Okay. So God is our ultimate life whisperer and, and our truth shall tell her. All right? First John 2, let's read that together. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Truly the love of God is perfected in him who keeps God's commandments. So, you know, Jesus said, you know, said, said many things. And he's, one of the things he said and he emphasized to his disciples, he said, you know, I have spoken these things to you that you might have life and life more abundantly. And he said on another occasion, he said, you know, the things I've spoken to you, I've spoken to you for your peace. Somebody say peace. peace. You know, there's one thing that I find, you know, my, uh, you know doesn't matter what the, who the patient is or family is that, that I deal with every day. You know, one thing that they need most and, and that they crave most is peace. I was having a conversation earlier this week with, with, with one of my patients, a new patient, uh, you know, who's dying from a, dying from a, from a very, very uh, deadly form of a disease. And she said, you know, chaplain, I don't really believe in God. Or I'm not, it's not that I don't believe, it's just that I'm not really sure. And you know, the thing, the thing that terrifies me most is not the fact that I'm dying. The thing that terrifies me most is that I don't know for sure what to expect. I want to be sure, okay, if there's a God out there, I want to be sure that he's out there. And that if I die, that it's going to be okay. She wanted peace. And we need peace too. Yes, we need peace. Because when you go through life with all these changes, with all these vicissitudes, with all this uncertainty, we need something in our life that gives us the assurance that in the end, Everything's going to be all right. Amen. All right. Okay, so let's, let's, let's move on from there. All right. The one who says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. Now, you know, we, we, we look at commandments, and, 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 and I, see, I see the word conditions. Because, again, God is the life giver. He, 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 he knows how we function best. He knows the environment and the conditions under which we function best. So he gives us these conditions, his commandments, by which to live. All right? Uh, and, 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 and that's the way that it, that's just the way that it is. All right? Um, I, I can't, I can't, me, I, I almost didn't come to Cleveland because I was concerned about the conditions. I'm a southern boy. <laughs> Charleston, South Carolina. Some of y'all say cackalacky. Blasphemers. <clears throat> hot, hot weather. You know, right now it's probably about 90 degrees in South Carolina, where I'm from, Charleston. So when I, when I, when I, when I saw the application for Cleveland Clinic, 
I opened it up on my laptop and I just stared at it for, for I don't know how long. I just stared at it. <laughs> Am I going to fill this out? And something said, you might as well fill it out. Your wife's saying it. You're just staring at it. You might as well fill it out. Okay? I almost didn't come because of conditions. I was like, okay, it's cold weather up there. But thank God for the Holy Spirit nudging me to, to, to take that step of faith because it was faith, y'all. <laughs> Only thing that brought me to Cleveland was faith. And, 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 uh, and, 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 and God worked it out. But the conditions are the thing that, that, that God is the manager of. See, sometimes we, we don't realize the conditions, the parameter, or the, uh, I don't know what the, uh, the um, ergonomic term is for you engineers. I don't know what the ergonomic term, uh, the, 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 the correct word is for this. But um, I didn't understand, and we don't understand most, most times, the parameters under which we can operate. Let me expand on it a little bit. Because... We have a certain comfort zone that we're used to operating in, all right? There's a comfort zone for, for, for you know, certain work conditions we like. There's a comfort zone for, 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 for certain people we want to be around. There's a, you know, a, a comfort zone for how we want our, our you know, home, our residence, our domicile to, to, to be set up so we can be comfortable, you know? But, but understand that life is not ideal. And, 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 and in fact, you know, we'll find ourselves functioning or operating in conditions that are less than ideal. And in fact, it's, it, it can, be even be, can even be harsh conditions, you see. But if we trust in the God of conditions, he will, in heat, air condition us. And he, and this is what this is what sold me about Cleveland. If you're too cold, he'll heat you up. <laughs> Y'all, like, God is my witness. I, I, I tell you no lie. I thought I was gonna freeze. I was afraid, Wayne. I was, I was, I was afraid that I was gonna freeze in Cleveland. But I believe God thickened up my blood. And I tell you what else he did. He also thickened me up. Ah, uh, give me a little extra insulation to make sure <laughs> to make sure I could I could function under conditions that I didn't think I could function under. And the, and the amazing thing about God is that when you are in Him, it doesn't matter what the conditions are. If you are in Him and He is in you, if you have a relationship with the condition setter, He will condition you. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, so his invitation, God's invitation is to be in this intimate relationship, this, this amazing intimate personal relationship with him. That is the whole nugget and, and, sub, and substance of our existence. Because life by itself is 
not enough. Not enough. We have to have a, 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 a love that's real. We have to have a love that we can hold on to. And, and then when we can't hold on, that holds on to us. And that love, that amazing love, is the love of God. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Right? Okay, so let me, let me, let me hasten to this real quick. Um, you know when you have a love relationship, a real love relationship, there will be people that, that, that will look on and that will cheer you on and say, man, I, I aspire to that. I want that. But there are others who will hate on you. There will be some haters. And let me tell you something. We have an ultimate hater. Who is jealous, not just of an actual relationship, intimate relationship that we can have with God, he's jealous of the thought that we can have such intimacy with the Most High God. Who is that hater? Y'all know who I'm talking about. Lucifer, let's read about it. Genesis 3, 1 through 5. Next slide, please. Let's read together. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now stop right there. Remember, we've been saying all along, God sets the conditions, the ideal conditions under which we can live and prosper and have our highest, our, our highest uh, uh, level of existence, our highest uh, uh, fulfillment, our highest joy, our highest happiness, our highest everything. Nothing but the highest. Nothing but the best from the best. We are blessed by the best, right? Those are the conditions. And Eve was very, very familiar with the conditions. She was very clear on those conditions. But look at this. So insidious. Then the serpent said to the woman, what? You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So a couple of things real quick. I, and I'm not going to stay on this too long because Pastor covered this ground, you know, amazingly, you know, incredibly last, last Sabbath. But... First of all, you got to be careful who you listen to, right? Because when they, especially when, if they're a hater, because a hater will tell you anything to mess up what you have because they want what you have. Or they can't have what you have, so they just want to tear your stuff up, like the devil was doing here. First of all, Eve, 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 Eve should have recognized that she was already like God. And, 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 and Eve was not in a relationship, she was not in a, in a relationship of regression. She was in a relationship of progression, which simply means that for the eternity of time, 
that if she was going to spend with God, all she was going to do was keep getting more and more and more and more beautiful, if you can imagine that, and more and more and more younger, if you can imagine that, if more and more intelligent and more and more of this and more and more of that, more like God, because who you associate with is going to determine who you rise with or fall with. So there was nowhere but up for her. But here, the servant is suggesting to her that, well, that God's a liar. That God didn't tell her the truth. Or not all of it. So just suggesting the possibility that somehow God was holding out on her was enough to get her to begin to question God's conditions. And when you condition, when you question the conditions, of course, you're questioning the condition maker, right? Some interference, outside interference. Notice this, that as long as Adam and Eve were anywhere else in the garden, they were cool, they were fine. But only here, at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, did the enemy have access to any of them. And once we're on that ground, we become completely vulnerable to the lies. We have no safeguard from the lies. Remember that, ba that banqueting table I was telling you about? so full and abundant, overflowing with, with God's goodness, God's promises, you know, God's, God's truth, you know, Genesis to Revelation, that banqueting table was set up in such a way so that the more we eat from it, the less appetite we will have for anything else. I don't think they got it, Pastor Jim. I don't think they got it. The more we eat from God's banqueting table, the less appetite, the less desire we have for other things on another table that didn't make it to God's table because God said, okay, that's not good. I'm not, giving, I'm not feeding you that. Nothing but good stuff on God's table. But here the devil is suggesting, well, he ain't put, all, he ain't put this on the table. Ice, oh Lord, don't blasphemy. We're not gonna talk about ice cream now. Ice cream is good. All right. Here, here, and here, and here. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. God gives us freedom to choose. God set the conditions. The ideal conditions that we can choose under. God also, in addition to giving us the freedom to choose, he gives us the opportunity to trust. And trust only comes one way, beloved. Trust comes by experience. Trust comes through the exercise of well, even if I'm not sure about this, I'm going to trust you with this. Mm 
But unfortunately, what happened, what happened here, and, 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 and frequently what our downfall is, uh, because, because we have inherited this you know, from generations and generations, we learned for the first time here how to not trust God with everything. You ever been in a situation where you had a decision to make and the choices were clear? You can trust God or you can take matters into your own hands. Our faith and our trust will be tested, must be tested in order for the relationship to grow. But we got to listen to the right people and we got we to eat the right stuff because the word of God feeds faith and trust. Oh, that's good news, y'all. Who can use a little more trust in their life? Who can use a little more faith in their life? I can use more faith. I can grow in my trust. And the word of God feeds that. We've got to not just read it, not just study it. We've got to take it in. We've got to eat it. We've got to sing it. We've got to go back and read it again. We've got to be constantly reminded, constantly feasting on the word of God. Uh, how many of us are, 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 have, a, have a goal of becoming gluttons on the word of God? Wait a minute. That wasn't the right response. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. But, but, but no, no, no. See, see, now, we, uh, we, did, we did the thing uh, at the beginning of worship on what's your favorite thing about the Sabbath. Now, um, I, I talked to Brother Blaine over here. I, I told you rest, right? I lied. Because I thought about it after I said, that ain't my favorite thing. My favorite thing is to eat. My favorite thing on the Sabbath uh -huh. is to eat some good food. I mean, a sit-down meal. Sit down. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. greens, yeah. cornbread, yeah. macaroni and cheese, yams. And key lime pie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My favorite thing. Now, you, you, you laugh. But I just, I just want to get to a point in my life where I go in on the word of God. Like I'll go in on those dreams. Uh, All that food, cornbread, red beans. Yes. Go all in on the word of God. Become gluttons, gluttonous. Eat the word. Because the word is life. And the word conditions us for life eternal. Amen. All right. Here was the lie. Here was the devastating lie. Here was the devastating lie. Go back, go back to that first slide again. Not the first slide, the, uh, the, yeah, the previous one, sorry. Um, the, the, the one before, sorry. Yeah, right there, okay. The devastating lie was this. Before 
before Eve heard the serpent tell her, you will not surely die. Eve was perfectly content. She had it going on. She was happy. But this word from the serpent, which she heard, be careful what you listen to, and received, suggested to her that she was missing something. You know, there's a, 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 a neat little verse or, 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 or verses in, in 1 John 2, uh, 15 through 17, not going to go there, but just going to paraphrase real quickly, where, where, where the word says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, uh, for all the things that are in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, uh, uh, those things are contrary to the love of God, all right? They, 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 they undermine the love of God. You, what you got to understand is that, you know, you, John is talking about relationships. That's a relationship text. See, if you want to mess up your relationship with God and with others, love stuff, love the thought of stuff, love the thought of, well, there's something missing. Because that, that, that is the very tool that Satan used to deceive Eve into partaking of the tree which God was, God was trying to, 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 to safeguard her from. See, I, I love the Lord because he tells us the truth, of the whole truth about everything. He told Adam and Eve everything, of, you know, what they needed to know. He told them, look, I got this tree, this one tree. I don't want you to eat from it because you're going to die. If you die, you know, we, you know, we, relationship is going to change. How many times have we listened to the tempter and messed up relationships? Oh, Lord. Real talk? I've messed up some relationships. Things change. All right? But, but, the truth will set you free. Know God. Know your stuff. Know the truth. Be set free. Next slide, please. Listen to this. Second Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. Let's read together. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. With what? All power signs and lying wonders. Re re repeat that, that, that the italicized part again. All power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. No, you know, you know, 
what we do is we literally say, lie to me. Go back to the previous slide again. Previous slide, sorry. Lie to me, verses 4 and 5. Okay, let me, let me do this because you, you won't get it unless I do this right here. So, these are verses 1 through 3 right here, right? Yeah. This is 4 through 5. How do we get to verses 4 and 5? By ignoring the conditions. By questioning whether we have enough, whether we're smart enough or cute enough or, or live in the right place or haven't, we get down here because we disregard the conditions and blessings that God has given us all up here. This is an invitation. When you ignore this, it's an invitation to lie to me. Chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Because the enemy knows that he has no power over any of us. Oh, hold on. Let me get back up here. He has no power over us, over any of us, if we stay up here, right here. But if we creep down here, if, oh Lord, if we creep, yes. Yes, if we creep down there, we, 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 got, we got no defense. We got, we got no power against the masterful deceptions of Satan. Satan now go back, go, go, go to the next slide again, please. All right? All right? The coming of the lawless, the coming, wait. Uh, you can't do that to, to older people. <laughs> it's, all, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right, y'all. All right. Yeah, that, that second Thessalonians. Uh, yeah, and, and keep, keep going. Keep, there we go. <laughs> the, the coming of the lawless one is according to the work of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive what? The love of the truth. Listen, you are not going to find anyone smarter, more intelligent, more wise, more understanding than Eve. Not then, not ever. Came from the hand of God, perfect. Perfect. Wasn't short in anything. She wasn't lacking in intellect. But what we got to understand is that intellect by itself, knowledge by itself, wisdom and understanding by itself is not enough. It's not enough to know the truth. We got to love. Oh, yes. We got to. Because the love of truth makes all the power, signs, lying wonders, unrighteous deception, any slick game that the devil tries to run, makes all of that powerless. Can't move about our square if we have the love of the truth. Oh, thank you. Was the, was the mic going out or something? Oh, it did. Wow. 
Thank you for that. Yeah. So, so that was devastating, you know, what, what, what happened. What happened? That was devastating. All right. But this next part is really scary. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Lie to me, three, four, five. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Yeah. So look, 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 I'm gonna, I want to help you understand real quick. I'm just going to skip over some of this stuff and, and, get, and get right down to this. Um, for the longest time in, in the Christian church, in, in the Protestant, Protestant church, we taught soul sleep. That's, a, yeah, that's an old Adventist term, soul, soul sleep. Soul sleep is when you die, you're in the dust. You're taking, you're taking a dirt nap until Jesus raised you from the dead. The church taught that for the longest time. This is not state of the dead. Conditional immortality of the soul is not uniquely an Adventist doctrine. Some of you may be, be surprised by that. But it was widely taught in the Protestant churches. But you know what happened? Along comes what I just do. Not literally, it was the Fox sisters, I believe their names were, that were having mysterious knockings and rappings in their home. And that became, well, okay, somebody's trying to communicate with us. That became, oh, the parted spirits are trying to send a message to us. You know how you get there? By not receiving the love of truth. So after a while, the, all, all the attention that that was drawing, it began, amazingly, it, it, began, it, be, it, it became uh, uh, a, a, uh, a major impetus in shifting the theological focus of the church so that the church has now embraced unconditional immortality of the soul. Wide open because the love of the truth was not there. But thank God he tells us the truth. Amen? So we got to look at the truth real quick as I close out, or at the beginning to close out. We got to look at the truth about this. Yeah, you know, the, 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 plane, the plane is descending now. It's, it's a slow descent, y'all. Slow, slow, no, slow, slow. Yeah. This, is the thing, this thing is deadly. The biggest and deadliest lie that Satan has that he uses against us is that you will not surely die. This whole idea that the soul is, the, the, first, first of all, that there's a separate soul from the body, which harkens all the way, way back to Egypt, uh, and, then, and then from Egypt, the, Greek, you know, the Greeks borrowed from, well, they, they plagiarized the Egyptians uh, and made it, made it their own thing. Uh, and, here, and here comes Aristotle, you know, uh, like the father of philosophy of wisdom and all that, uh, who, 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 
articulates his whole system of dualism, uh, dualism of, of, of the body and the spirit. You got two separate entities. He, he basically, he, he, he takes what the Bible says about how God made us, made us souls. He takes and separates it out and says, well, no, you got a body and you got a soul. See how subtle that is? But that, 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 that was adopted. That was adopted by, uh, you know, uh, primarily by, uh, by, by uh, Catholic, famous Catholic father, theologian, uh, Thomas Aquinas, who then systematized that into his theology. And it became one of the teachings of the church. You know, separate, separate soul and body. You got a soul, or you got an undying soul. And that thing, that thing worked out just fine for the Catholic Church because they were able to use that and say, look, your loved ones are dying, or they are burning in, pur- in hell, or they're in purgatory in limbo. We gotta, you, we gotta, you gotta get them out of there. Paying simony, indulgences, and paying, paying, paying money to, you know, get your loved ones out of, out of limbo. All right, devastating lie, devastating lie, right? So now, but God says, and it's very clear, Ezekiel 18 verse 20, the soul that sins, who sins, shall die. All right, let's read the next one. The dead, known on anything, don't do anything, participate in anything under the sun. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 5, 6, and 10. Let's read this next one. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no reward. For the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, and their envy are now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Okay, listen, listen, listen. So, so look, we're going to skip over, skip, over skip over that slide. Go to the next one. All right, this is my last slide, y'all. This is my last slide. Thank God for a redeemer. Genesis 3, 1, 3 verse 15 says what? And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his eel. You know, talk about an incredible love story. So, old Slick Willie, <laughs> sorry, what, sorry, Willie, I'm oh, sorry, no, no, no offense, no offense, brother, no offense, brother, <laughs> oh, no, started talking real smooth to Eve, and he's, he deceived her. When here comes Adam, he, and he, he realizes, he knows. He knows. He knows better. But he eats too. That brought the whole thing, uh, you know, onto, onto the whole human race. Because he was, he, was, he was the representative, he was the, the representative of the human race. All right? So, so at that point, our defenses were gone.
The devil could talk as slick as he wanted to. And he had us by the ear. But God says, no, I've already got a plan in place. I, I already knew what Willie was going to do. Not you, Willie. I already knew. He was going to talk slick. And he was going to go to you know, trip you up. But what I'm going to do, see to the woman, it's going to come. And he, he's going to bring the enemy. He's going to beat the, en- the enmity against your adversary, the devil. He's going to break the spell. It is literally a spell. Y'all, sin is a spell. If you don't believe me, try to stop doing the thing that you enjoy doing some. Oh, sorry, too close. (laughs) Try to do that on your own power and see what happens. But Jesus came to break the power of the enemy. He came to, 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 to destroy, the Bible says, the works of the devil. Came to destroy them. The devil came trying to destroy the relationship. But Jesus says, bro, I'm going to destroy you. Because our God is a jealous God. See, he's jealous too. He is jealous for this relationship. He is jealous for this forever love. He is jealous to, 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 to have our, our, our intimate uh, affection, our, our intimate devotion to him, our, our intimate worship. He, he is jealous of, of being the one and only one that we bow down and worship. He, he, he's jealous because he knows that he's the only one that can take care of us the way we need to be taken care of, the way we want to be taken care of, the way we want to be loved. He knows he's the only one that's going to love us. So he sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, Romans 8, he was crucified. And by his crucifixion, he destroys the enemy. He bruised his head while he suffered the bruise on his heel, crucifixion. But not look, look at this. Jesus said, okay, the wages of sin is death. It is death. You have to deal with those consequences. But you know what? Though that though you made the wrong choice and though those are your consequences, I'm not going to leave you hanging like that. I'm not going to leave you hanging. In fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to. Hang for you. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to die on Friday. And I'm going to take that dirt nap on Saturday, on the Sabbath. I'm going to rest. And I'm going to raise early Sunday morning. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. I got one more text. I got one more text. Last text. Last text. All right. See, 
We've been talking about God's conditions. We've been talking about eating his word, banqueting, banqueting on his word. We've been talking about how the enemy trips us, up, trips us up because we don't eat properly. Oh, y'all don't like hearing that. Look, I don't like hearing that. We don't eat properly. We don't. We, you know, we, we, we eat, but we're not nourished. We're not fed. We have to banquet on the word of God. So this is what God says. First Thessalonians chapter 4. I, I, don't have, I don't have a slide up there for it. First Thessalonians chapter 4. I have to turn it. Okay, I have to find it in my Bible. Different Bible here. First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at the 13th verse. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, soul sleep. We're not up there somewhere. We're not down there anywhere. Asleep, the dead are asleep in the graves. Lest you sorrow as those, as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. By the what, everybody? The word of the Lord. God's word is life, right? The words, Jesus said, these words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life, right? Okay? By the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, <laughs> with the voice of an archangel. And with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Because nothing can hear the voice of God and remain in the state that it was in before. God, even, you know, to the point where even you know, God spoke to nothing and nothing became something. God spoke to darkness, and darkness became light. God spoke to this mass confusion and brought order out of chaos. God spoke my name. Uh, and things just haven't been the same. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. In the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, well, we're ready for you now, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I thought Willie was going to be mad with me. But I wasn't talking about you, man. I was talking about, you know, Slick Willie. God's word is our life. God's word is our life. What Jesus did when he came, he showed us how to live. He really did. 
And y'all, I'm going to just be honest with you. I, I know I'm not living right. I don't know about y'all. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about me. Because I'm the one on the spot. I know I'm not living right. Because if I were living right, the things that Jesus did, the things that Jesus did, I would do. See, Jesus didn't have anything different than what we have. He, oh, he, he, yes, he was God, but you know what? He put that aside, the Bible says. He put that aside and became human like us. And he showed us how to live. You know how he lived? He lived by every word that proceeded from his father's mouth. He lived by the word. Ate the word. Drank the word. Slept with the word. Woke up with the word. Carried the, oh, hold on. Carried the word. Wherever he went, he was a living word. And God's word is not dead. God's word is a living word, ever living. God's word is a powerful word, all powerful. God's word is a saving word. God's word is his love letter to us that he wants us to read and take in and be so, so, so well uh, 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 first in and so in love with that his word literally becomes part of us. The best part of us. The word of God transforms. The word of God saves. The word of God heals. Oh, wait, wait. The word of God blesses. The word of God delivers. The Word of God fixes what's broken. Better than that, God takes that which is, which is done and makes it brand new. God's Word does that. God's Word will do that for your family. God's Word will do that for your marriage. God's Word will do that for your, for your, for your, your occupation. God's Word will do that for your friendships. God's Word will do that because God's Word is all that. You know what Jesus says? Jesus says, look, take and use the word. He said some incredible stuff. But we got to receive it. He said, if, he told us something, he said, look, you see what was done to this fig tree? I say to you that you can speak to this mountain. Do we have mountains? You can speak to the mountain. And the mountain, and say to the mountain, mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And if you say it believing without doubting, it shall be done. Oh, not yet. Not done yet. And all things, all things, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. I don't know, but I'm ready to receive some stuff, y'all. 
I've been through some stuff, gone through some stuff. I'm ready to receive some stuff. Ah, yeah, yeah. The key is prayer. The key is faith. The key is the word of God. I don't care what your enemy's trying to tell you. I don't care what your friend's trying to tell you. I don't care what anybody's talking in your ear. Tune all of that out and start listening to what God has to say in his word. The word will quicken. The word will empower. The word will bring life. I want everybody to stand right now. Just stand up. Wherever, wherever you are, if you're able to stand, stand up. Stand up. Because there are things that God wants us to declare. He wants us to declare. Right. First of all, God wants us to declare our unwavering love for him. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind, your strength, your everything. Love God with your all. We love him because he first loved God. If you agree, say, God, I give you my all. You have my all. All I am, all I have belongs to you. Second thing God wants us to declare that his word is the truth and the life. God's word is the truth and the life. His word sets the conditions for our living. It's God's contract with us. Amazingly, he makes a contract, a covenant with us. He says, look, I'm going to be your God. I'm going to be your Lord. But what I want you to do, I want you to accept the terms and conditions that I have set for your living, that I've set, oh, I've set for your success. I've set for your prosperity. I've set for your salvation. I've set for your healing. Accept the terms and conditions because I'm bound, God says, I'm bound by this covenant to make sure that everything I've spoken to you is fulfilled. Oh, wow. Wow. God, you mean that? Look, I'm all up in the contract. What'd you say? 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 Because I want to receive all that God has for me. Because I know I'm lacking some things that only He can supply. You want to say to God, God, I accept these terms and conditions. All of them. I receive your promises. All of them. Because every word of God is yea and amen. Last but not least of all, Jesus is the Word of God. He's the Word of God. And He says, I want to live so close to you that I'm living in you. 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. God, when he made us, he made us in his image. In other words, he made us like Jesus. So that when people would look on us, they would see Jesus. But God's plan hadn't changed. He wants us to live so close to him. He wants to live inside of us so that when he manifests in our lives, people will look at us and see us, but they won't just see us. They will see Jesus. And we want to declare a decree today. Jesus, I open the door of my heart to let you in so you can live your life through me. Is that your desire today? Just raise your hand to the sky. Raise your hand to the sky. I'm raising my hand too. Because I want Jesus to live. Fully live in me. And guess what, y'all? Jesus living in you, Jesus living in, in me, is the assurance that if and when we should die. We will have everlasting life because if we're planted with Jesus in the likeness of his death, we shall also be raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen? Father God, we have life in the Son. We have all we need in the sun. What I, what I discern you saying to us is that you want us to pursue, seek wholeheartedly after your heart, God. Not our own heart. Seek after your pleasure. Seek after your goodwill. Not my will, but thy will be done. We come, Father, surrendering our all to you all over again. Or maybe for, some, for somebody here, maybe for the first time, maybe somebody has heard this and said, well, God, I want to make a full surrender. Now, realize I can't do it without you. I want you to help me. If that's you, if you are here and you want to make a full surrender or a recommitment to God, what I want you to do under the direction of God's Spirit is to step down the aisles and make your way down front. We have our 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 team, our, our discipleship team, our elders, who are standing ready to pray with you or pray for you. If you're here, if you're here, if God's moving you in that direction, and I want to help you understand something about, about God moving in that direction. When he's when he declares the word of truth, he is giving you directions. He's giving you instructions. He's giving you the conditions. He's saying, look, this is what you must do in order to live. So if you've heard the word, that's God saying, look, I need you to make this step. If you're here, there's a little more time before we close this appeal. If you're here and you've heard God's voice speaking to you saying, you must take this step. This is what I want you to do. 
make a full surrender, recommit your life or commit your life, and I will take control and turn your life around. A few more moments.